Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up there, hikers? It is Andy Neal here. And you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles, the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, the podcast that asks hikers and outdoors persons, how has hiking changed you and how are you changing the world around you? That's right. You guessed correctly. You're listening to the hiker podcast. You like my movie voice? I don't know. Hey guys, how's it going? Hope y'all are having a fabulous december and holiday season i'm excited about this week's episode big shout out to our sponsors you know i have to shout out the sponsors i have to because they're our sponsors and they make this possible that is of course our patreons who week in and week out month in and month out they support this show thank you if you'd like to know more about being a patreon just go to the link in the description of this episode or go to hikerpodcast.com to find out more also gotta shout out Kanak outdoors makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles you can get 10% off by using the promo code hiker podcast two words hiker podcast 10% off your new trekking poles also they have all the water solutions you need and if you're looking for some coffee instant coffee for home during this cold blustery December season I know we're getting snow here pretty soon see us instant coffee which is even better on the trail when you're hiking uh csn's coffee is amazing ian and monica are amazing check them out so excited about everything that's going on with the show i have talked a little bit last week about my youtube channel which will be launching first week of january make sure you check that out if you want to know more about me go to hikerpodcast.com all the information about me is there past episodes there links are there you can email me, Andy, at HackerPodcast.com with any questions. Leave an Apple Podcast review. But with all that said, I'm not going to keep blabbing on. I'm not going to keep talking. We're going to get right into our interview. We are talking with Mike Nomenclature Spires. I am so excited to have him on the show. We had an amazing conversation. A fellow Disney nerd and hiker. I know there are Disney nerds and hikers out there. People who love the outdoors, love hiking, and they love Disney. I am one of those people. And if that's not for you, that's fine. Nobody's perfect. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but we, we talked about everything from creativity and how we're both inspired by by creativity and things like Disney and being in the outdoors and how they're not mutually exclusive and protecting the environment and, and, and just positivity. It was a great conversation. So without any further ado, my conversation with Mike Norman Clature Spider. The hiking community is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I first met our next guest 
I believe it was on Elena TipTap Osborne's Discord server because we were both Patreon supporters for her and began following each other on Instagram. And he has been an amazing follower and supporter of the show, a hiker, nomad, Mike Aspires. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing well, Andy. Thank you for, you for having me on, on the show. Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. We've been following each other for a while, and I've, I love seeing your adventures all around Northern California. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you come from, the stuff people, if they meet you on the trail, they might want to know. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. Um, so, yeah, my name is Mike. Uh, also go by uh, Nomenclature, or Nomen uh, for short, on the trail. Uh, I'm currently actually active duty uh, in the services with the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, I've been serving for about 11 years. Uh, and then outside of the service, I'm also a graduate student over at California State University, Long Beach, uh, kind of studying uh, some of the emergency services administration, kind of the social science behind uh, much of uh, the emergency services, as well as uh, doing some volunteer work uh, with the National Park Service uh, VIP over at Point Reyes National Seashore. Been living in pretty much the West Coast uh, for my entire life. Um, first born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, and then in 2011 uh, I moved out to Oregon, uh, and then about 2019 uh, I moved back uh, to California to the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, where I'm currently home based out of. Very nice. So growing up. In Los Angeles, I grew up a little north of there in Las Vegas. There's, and people don't think of the outdoors when they think of L.A. Uh, what was it like growing up there? And were, were you out in the outdoors or did that come later in life? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Los Angeles, it was definitely a very large and sprawling environment, as most people are aware of. And as far as uh, me getting into the outdoors, um, I actually kind of didn't like it at first. Uh, it was more of a, a recreational opportunity whenever I could get out. Um, I actually was into mountain biking a little more than hiking. And that's kind of what got me in sort of the direction of, of getting the outdoors, but uh, didn't quite enjoy it as much. Much. Uh, surprisingly, it wasn't until when I got into the Coast Guard um, and then I got stationed in uh, a lovely coastal town of Coos Bay, Oregon. Um, you know, I first it was, oh, it was away from the city, didn't actually like it. Coos Bay um, is know, very small. It's very, yeah, very small. <laughs> indeed, it's super small. I didn't like it. I was like, you know, I was very much an urban guy, uh, but it kind of just, uh, grew on me. Um, and then I started to really love uh, the opportunities and the outdoor experiences that Coos Bay uh, has to offer in Oregon in general, uh, because I started to explore beyond that. Um, and yeah, uh, definitely living in such an urban environment uh, in LA before moving to Oregon, it's been pretty difficult to try to find a good open space um, or even get that forced environment. I know Big Bear was near there and I I don't recall having a lot of uh, chances to actually travel up there. Uh, my family was mostly about camping, uh, but it was mostly along the beaches. And I, to be honest, those, those trips I actually kind of hated as well uh, initially, but um, much later in life did I find such gratitude and uh, joy and being the outdoors uh, because it brings just such a unique perspective on things uh, shortly after that. 
and I, I love your perspective there because it's, it's similar to mine having grown up in, in large urban areas not really used to being in the outdoors never was really into the outdoors and then came to oregon and all of a sudden for me it was quite a while being exposed to the outdoors finally was like oh my gosh this is amazing it's all around me i don't need to keep going up to portland or going down to la there's there's things to do you know right in my backyard um and i know having you know spent lived in brookings for two years brookings oregon there's really the oregon coast if you're if you're a city a city slicker it's just not it's hard it's a hard adjustment to make <laughs> it is so what is what is it about what was it about coos bay and the oregon coast specifically was there a specific hike or was it just over time getting used to there's the state parks out there there's there's beautiful you know old growth forests out there the oregon coast trail runs through there was it a specific trail or specific hike or is it just slowly just kind of chipped at you a little bit it did it really did uh slowly chip at me and you can kind of see it uh for those for anybody that follows on instagram kind of see this slow very transition of uh, the urban environment to more of the outdoor scenic uh, adventures. Um, as I'm aware of you, uh, as well as me, um, you know, we're Disney enthusiasts. And I started noticing the Absolutely. transition. Nothing wrong with being a Disney adult. Don't <laughs> doubt on it. <laughs> uh, one of the things I started noticing, especially, was uh, transitioning from other themed areas of the park. Um, and I started to love Frontierland a little bit more, as well as uh, in Disney's California Adventure, the Grizzly Peak uh, area, especially yes. when they expanded that. Yes. Um, those have started to become my absolute favorite areas. Um, and yeah, living in Coos Bay, North Bend, it it was such a joy to just be able to drive within five minutes, uh, especially to Cape Arago State Park. Um, that I, was I love that. that. That's what got me to buy a state park pass, that state park. Absolutely. It is such a wonderful little quaint park. The little cove uh, that's there, it's super serene. Few paddle boarders that are out there. Uh, when I was studying my associates uh, while I was stationed there, um, I went there all the time just because it was just very peaceful, serene, and it was just uh, very quiet. Um, and then as kind of all of that built upon itself... Uh, when I moved back into the Bay Area, into the urban environment, I said, oh, yes, I could finally go back into the city life. And I actually, in 2000, uh, when it was when I moved back to the Bay Area, 2016, um, that's when I was like, I actually didn't like living in an urban environment anymore, actually. Um, thankfully, I was uh, stationed on board uh, one of the larger vessels, so... Uh, for the U.S. Coast Guard, so I got deployed to various places, so that's why I kind of took on the uh, acronym or the the nomenclature of Nomad, because I was constantly on the move, always constantly going to new places and discovering new places. Uh, But it wasn't until our ship went to dry dock in 2017 uh, where hiking and that culture really took off for me. Um, I explored uh, a lot of the local trails up uh, east of Seattle, Issaquah and uh, some of the trails near there. And then when I finally visited Mount Rainier National Park, uh, that's when things suddenly just changed for me. It was so eye-opening when I hiked up this one trail. Um, It was a gorgeous day, too. It was clear skies. Um, 
as I was panting and saying, wow, this kind of sucks, I suddenly turned around and there was Mount Rainier in all its glory, uh, as well as several peaks uh, that were behind me, like Mount Baker and Mount Hood, that I could see for miles away. And it really put me in a position where I'm like, I'm just a tiny bit, per I'm only 5'2", but I'm also just a very small, you know, person in this gigantic world that we live in. There's just so much to discover, so much to explore. And that really was what uh, drove me further into uh, the outdoors and wanting to explore, wanting to uh, find answers or, you know, seek perspectives of uh, how the outdoors can bring unique views to what we see. So looking at your Instagram, you have your, your story highlights here. You have, you know, the John Muir Trail, Joshua Tree National Forest, Yosemite, Tahoe Rim Trail. You have Disney. <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I haven't had a whole lot of Disney fans on this show. A lot of the listeners know for seven years I hosted a Disney podcast. I'm obsessive about Disney. Um, but something happened in me, similar to what you had talked about, was going to the parks once I, be, you know, fell in love with the outdoors, my, my perspective really changed. My favorite parts of the park were different and I felt inspired by them. Like I, I go look at the Matterhorn and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's, it looks like the real Matterhorn in Switzerland. But then, you know, I'm inspired to go, you know, hike up Mount McLaughlin and, and how that imagination that, that, that the fiction inspired me to get out into the outdoors. And there are times where, there's this area here called the Avenue of Boulders, and it's just all these boulders, and the water rushes over it. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this looks like Grizzly River Run, but better. Oh, my gosh, yes. I absolutely love that area of Grizzly River Run. There's especially, like, this back area that they kind of use for the uh, overflow, especially in the summers when the lines get long. Mm -hmm. But during the winter, when you have that mist that kind of sets in, and it's still kind of warm enough, especially for Southern California, oh, it's just such a phenomenal area to hang out in uh, and to just be right next to that waterfall as you see people having the time of their lives along the river run. And it kind of makes me recall, you know, a lot of the recreational uh opportunities that these parks provide as well as seeing the joy in people's faces uh, as they recreate in our public lands uh especially in like yosemite as they're lazing down the merced river or um you know absolutely and i think one thing that has really inspired me is like with like disney's california adventure specifically it's a park to celebrate california and they have all this I don't know, just homage to the outdoor activities. You know, there, there was the old soaring over California ride where you, you'd soar over the Redwood Forest. And I lived in Crescent City, California for a year. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see my house <laughs> and all this other stuff. Um, but I've also gotten a lot of flack in the outdoor community for being in something like Disney. It's very consumeristic and it's in the, no one who's been close. No one who's been on the show. Everyone's generally like, Oh, you know, do your own thing. But people are like, you know, it's a big city thing. I thought you were into like small town stuff. What is it about Disney that inspires you to get into the outdoors? And what is it about the outdoors that makes you look forward to going to Disney? 
Absolutely. So really what both kind of bring together is the general community experience, uh, especially uh, for people that want to enjoy a sense of community uh, and enjoyment, as well as just kind of a, a step away from the reality uh, of things, you know, where where you step beyond the gates, especially in Disneyland, you know, as you step under the tunnels uh, from Main Street Station, you're kind of stepping into this new world that you kind of can be free and be yourself. Uh, and much like Disneyland for the outdoors, it's you're stepping onto a trail into such a new area where you can enjoy very unique things, uh, find unique perspectives, and just uh, kind of have that same communal feeling of seeing other enjoyment, uh, you know, in in the parks or in the outdoors, much like in Disneyland. Uh, and, you know, I know Disney has in some manner, you know, also emphasize their uh, conserv um, conservation efforts uh, in regards to a lot of the, you know, climate change or uh, animal conservation. Uh, in particular, when I visited Animal Kingdom, which every time my Disney friends are like, oh, what's your favorite park? And it's I always mention Animal Kingdom and they're in shock. Um, and there's a good reason why. It's because the theming uh, of it, as well as what it represents, uh, is pretty pivotal to this conversation on why Disney loves the outdoor or how we can kind of compare uh, the experiences of Disney, you know, for the outdoors and the outdoors also being represented in Disney parks. And I've been loving that about my trips to Disney and then going to the outdoors and then seeing like, oh my gosh, this is like this or like that or my my youngest daughter com, um compares much of our hiking to the 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 redwood um the, the redwood trail challenge they have at disney california adventure and she she loves that that's a lovely little actually, area too. I, I pitched it it is i pitched this to columbia because columbia works with disney that and they're like hopefully they're going to take this seriously but we have a, a some sort of promotional campaign where somebody maybe it's me i don't know is at disneyland and they're riding the matterhorn and all of a sudden they feel, they feel inspired and then you cut to them climbing up mount hood or you know maybe they're rafting on down you know Grizzly river run and then you cut to them you know on the klamath river in northern california i don't know and it's just something i that whole how both those places are are, are escapism and a, a place for imagination and community um I, I, I've seen them so many correlations there that a lot of people maybe don't see it. I know we've had a bit of a kinship. I've sent you like like the cool Ewok stickers I found. I was like, oh, Mike's going to love <laughs> yeah. these. Those were absolutely Hike. phenomenal. <laughs> Hike indoor. Um, but pivoting a little bit here, you are you talked a little bit about conservation. And I've noticed on your Instagram, especially lately, you have been very vocal about conservation and, and preserving the environment. Um, what have you been doing with that? And what are your feelings about, about conserving the, the, the lands that we hike on absolutely as much as you know they are there for our enjoyment and kind of you know bring that connection of uh, people to nature we also have to be very respective of what uh you know the these lands kind of provide for us especially uh for the indigenous people you know they were the ones who are uh, very keen on sustainability you know they were the first ones to practice uh, sustainable practices amongst the lands uh, are very responsible and it's kind of sad and unfortunate to see some of the behavior on public lands. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you've 
uh, some people who've listened to your podcast have heard this from Darwin and amongst other uh, infamous uh, hikers of just how these lands are taken advantage of. Um, it's about respecting these lands and how we need to try to convey that message to people. Uh, I know there's been campaigns of like Leave No Trace uh, that goes out there to try to advocate for that. Um, but it, it's a little difficult, uh, especially when we're so connected to just trying to capture the image for the gram, so to speak. Uh, you know, we. Every time I post something, I always post a story behind it, usually, uh, to try to convey, you know, this is not just a photo of uh, an amazing experience or an amazing fall. Um, it's also about the journey of getting to that spot and, you know, how to go about doing that and ensuring that you're safe also going out into these public lands. Um, because we're not necessarily drawn well, I'll take that back. So we're, when people go out there, they're drawn not just to the nature, but also, yeah, for that Instagram. And we want to try to convey to people, it's not just about getting that picture. It's also acknowledging uh, whose lands you're on, as well as uh, the sensitivity uh, that these ecosystems provide, especially in such a drought driven California within the last year, you know, mm -hmm. if we're so fragile with uh, our resources, you know, we could be in a very dire situation as we've seen in 2020 and as we've seen again in 2021. And as you've, you continued on hiking, you're in the Bay Area now, talk a little bit about your adventures that you've been going on now. I know you've, you've been all over California and their national parks and, and, and Tahoe Rim Trail. And um, what has your adventures been looking like for the last year or two, especially during this time of the pandemic? Absolutely. Um, so most of my adventures uh, in the past year, actually, um, were mostly backpacking. Uh, it's, it's really starting to uh, draw on the aspiration of kind of becoming uh, more of not just a, uh, a hiker or backpacker, but also, you know, becoming or essentially becoming the, the through hikers. I'm still aspiring uh, to become one um, for, for several reasons. But throughout the Bay Area, especially during COVID, you know, just getting outdoors has been uh, pretty, has been helpful in uh, settling some anxiety i guess you could say um because you know mm -hmm. I, especially in my position i i work behind the scenes i don't necessarily see the results uh of what i conduct in search and rescue um and especially hearing uh, some of the voices uh, of persons in distress on the phone you know it can be a little bit distressing which i know that there's been some 911 dispatchers who've also called upon mental health resources. So any chance I can get to get out uh, to hike in the Bay Area, like in Point Reyes or Pinnacles or uh, just some of the local trails out here is such a welcoming uh, avenue to help de-stress and to kind of reset yourself mentally uh, to be prepared for the next uh, event or thing that could occur. And what has been your most memorable 
backpacking trip you've gone on the one that you use in the last year has been like this has changed me in this way or that way or this had the biggest impact on me or changed my perspective on something absolutely um so it was definitely my attempted through hike of the tahoe rim trail um it, that has really brought into perspective the human element of the trail, the built system of the trail, as well as the physical aspect of the trail itself. Um, you know, we are, we are privileged to have a, a, such a well-maintained trail go around Lake Tahoe and that people can experience, you know, what a, a longer hike could be. Um, in addition to that, I was very fortunate to uh, have a, a trail family or trail family yeah, <laughs> they say tra- I'll, I'll just say trail family for the sake of it. Um, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the trail, and it was just extremely nice to s- and refreshing to just be yourself uh, when you're out there hiking. It's been eye-opening to see and develop conversations with the people that you just met maybe two or three days ago, um, and because we're all pushing through the same obstacles, through the same mental uh, barriers to get through and push through this hike, as well as see somebody who has completed their hike um, since the Tahoe Rim Trail is pretty much circular in its form. You know, we we had one of the members complete their hike and it was so satisfying to see him complete their hike and, and just enjoy the celebration with, with him. Uh, prior to that, another backcountry hike that I'd done was in Yosemite, roughly about my birthday in May 2021. That was also extremely life-changing, almost equivalent to my first experience at Mount Rainier. Uh, this was my first time ever going into the backcountry uh, in the Sierras in May, which honestly was my mistake. Yeah. Uh, it was still very cold. Um Rivers were actually running pretty high, but it really tested me mentally on what I can physically do uh, as well as what I'm capable of. And I think that's why a lot of people also like to hike is um, it, it allows a person to discover what they're capable of, regardless of who they are. Uh, it, it, it can be surprising at what the human body can do uh, to essentially survive but you know in a in a safe manner of course with all the gear preparation uh going through the sierras especially in in yosemite national park um but it was just such eye-opening especially backpacking there in the backcountry for the first time setting up a tent and as the sun rised over the valley floor it i was just met with absolutely phenomenal views that it it literally made me cry. Um, it was a very emotional experience because of just the beauty that was suddenly uh, kind of unveiling itself in front of me. In addition to that, I, you know, one night it was absolutely horrible. I there was also a point where I wanted to quit on that uh, particular backcountry hike uh, in May because of the cold weather elements and just how. Uh, the elements were kind of taking taking a toll on me. What would you tell someone who they're wanting to get into to backpacking, they're wanting to get into hiking, and they're not worried about gear limitations or anything. They're just worried about can 
they do do they have what it takes? Do they have the the mental fortitude? Um, they're they're worried about just not being able to to push themselves, you know, that that extra bit because they just haven't had the experience to do it before. What would you tell someone who who's wanting to get into backpacking and is worried about whether or not they they can actually do it? Absolutely. So what I would recommend to somebody who is thinking about, you know, backpacking, getting out a little further past the front country areas of national parks or on uh, public lands is to start gradual. Uh, my first backpacking trip uh, started in uh, Point Reyes and it was just one night. You know, it's it's good to find areas where you can still have a backcountry experience where you have to uh, backpack or hike into these campgrounds. And I chose Point Reyes for a good reason is those campgrounds out there aren't necessarily primitive, uh, but they are established with tables, uh, a, a toilet, because I, you know, didn't quite know how to use a, uh, <laughs> a trowel quite yet. Um, but it allowed me to have a system already established where I can practice these skills uh, and gradually learn them over time. And it's okay, you know, to do repeat trips uh, to the sites that you identify, um, whether it's near you or a couple hours away. If it's a site that you can safely get to, you're comfortable with, and you're very familiar with the trail, and you gradually build that experience to finding out what you need, what you don't need, or just in general enjoy a night out. Uh, that's a good way. That's a great way actually to start. And I have to say, it didn't. It, it didn't get me to this point where I'm already a, a very great hiker. It actually took me well over four years to get to this point. So it's not something that's very immediate. Um, you know, it's something that is learned over time and it's okay to take as long as you need or take as short as you need. You know, there is no rush, uh, especially in the world of hiking where, uh, you know, time is just, well, I wouldn't say time, time is very relative, uh, for you. Um, so yeah, exactly. So you, you and I are both fans of a lot of the, the different creators that we see online, Darwin, Ellen, um, um, and that whole um, community has done a lot of good for the outdoors, for public lands, and for hiking. Um, what have what have you feel like you've gained from the, the, the online hiking community as a positive, and what's something that the online hiking community that be Instagram or YouTube, Facebook groups kind of could be a <laughs> a bad place sometimes. But what is one thing? on top of what good have you taken from it? What is one thing that the community as a whole needs to really kind of reckon with and, and, and deal with to make itself better? Absolutely. So I, for the hiking community, you know, I'll, I'll say mo the most positive experience that I've gathered from the hiking community is indeed it is the people. They want to help people get out there to explore the outdoors, to explore the public lands, appreciate, uh, you know, what these public lands can provide for us in terms of mental health and well-being, uh, as well as uh, just vast opportunities to learn about um, ancestry and, and indigenous as well as the history uh, that is on them. I think for some of these creators, and I, I might get controversial here, is and it's the reason why I'm also studying this in my graduate degree, is how are we communicating 
these public lands to the people. Uh, most of the information that we receive every day is through social media or through one of the various means uh, available to us. So we're inundated with just so much information. Uh, how do we filter that out or at least unify a message to say, be responsible out there? Um, you know, it's great that you guys are going out there to hike um, these hikes, these go on these long trails, but to also do so in a safe manner. Um, you know, I've, I've seen several YouTube videos and I'm guilty of this, of, you know, somebody would say, oh, wow, this is a great item to have on the trail. I get it. And then it doesn't work out for me. Um, you know, so much useless gear in my garage right now. <laughs> yes, you too. Um, but yeah, so some of these creators uh, are pretty good about making that disclaimer saying, you know, this is gear that works out for me and it may not necessarily work out for you. I wish that was a little emphasized a little bit more amongst the community, uh, especially as more people are going into the outdoors, conducting their research and trying to figure out ways on how to obtain certain equipment or gear uh, to go outdoors. The ones that I really like the most are those that says, Gear is not the end-all, be-all to get outdoors. Uh, you can, I can take a Jansport backpack and go out in jeans and walk, you know, uh, three miles at Point Reyes and totally be fine and come back. Uh, there doesn't need to be this extravagance of hiking gear to get outdoors, uh, but there also needs to be a sense of safety about it uh, as well, where. You want to encourage people to not hike at a national park or on a strenuous trail in at pretty much at sunset with only a cell phone as a light. You know, be, be a responsible hiker uh, as well. If you're coming down from a mountain and you see somebody who's making their way up, be like, oh, hey, how far are you going? They're like, oh, I'm going to try to reach the top. Like, it's okay to let them know saying, hey, it's kind of little dark out there I, you know it looks like you only have your cell phone on you it's probably not recommended to go up there might catch some flack for that i, I know i have um because that's just the unfortunate culture uh the american culture that we have uh not stepping too much in that controversy but that's just kind of the american culture that we have americans are like to be told what to do they just exactly <laughs> But yeah, so as as cult, as creators or content creators, especially people posting out there, you know, just post responsibly. And if you're posting something that's pretty dangerous or it looks like it's a phenomenal picture, I, I know I see a lot of ledge pictures. Those are the ones that kind of make me nervous. But, I, you know, if the person's risk is perceived as a pretty low danger with their, you know, with their capability, um, then that's that's just how they are uh, i just wish that they could post something and say hey this is a little bit dangerous not recommended for everybody it's one of those do not try this at home but unfortunately people are going to try to do the same uh, picture or pose to try to get that same uh, picture oh those ledge pictures for the gram i can never do them i was <laughs> i was on top of table rock today i'm like no i see i see where people like to get on this little ledge here i'm like i am not going out there i am here by myself i'm not nope not gonna happen not doing yep. it. It's, it. It's funny as, as the pandemic has really got people outdoors and it's really made the outdoors a popular thing. Um, it's, it's been this balancing act of the outdoors for everybody. You don't want to 
gatekeep and yeah you're going down a two three mile trail you know a, a, a zip tie backpack or a transport and a pair of nikes and jeans or shorts are probably fine but at the same time it's like someone's climbing up you know they're going up to rainier or something like yeah you, you it's gonna get cold once that sun hits down and all you have is your cell phone <laughs> and it's it's so important to just communicate that responsibly and really show people the re- the realities of the outdoors and you know like hey like things today i noticed so many doggy bags on the trail and i'm like i'm the only hiker on this trail today so i know these aren't from the day because there's no one coming back because there was no one at the trailhead so because <laughs> you know, people like to take their dog like oh i'll just pick up their waist and put it on the side and i'll get it on the way back they never do yeah things like that it just it just drives me crazy and people are looking towards the youtubers and the instagrammers to for for cues on that and so it's so important i I love what you said there um closing out here ultimately how has hiking and backpacking changed you oh um that's always a deep question and you know i've listened to several of your podcasts already and i i still never get prepared i'm always finding seeing such unique answers and even now as i answer it it's it's always such a a great question um it's allowed me to see things in such a unique perspective uh especially you know from my first moment on mount rainier where i just you know i felt so small in such a big world and that's in a great way because my small contributions can affect a larger picture uh essentially we are all very connected in some manner uh to which you know we all have a part to play it has really given me perspective on just allowing other views regardless of what they are to be brought into into my world to see how do others perceive uh, certain things and how do i perceive others as well it's it's a very shared relationship and i and that's what i love about backpacking and and hiking in general is you can see how such some ecosystems especially in some of the more uh, pristine ecosystems within our parks or public lands interact with each other uh even things as far away as like yosemite it's been just such a fascinating uh, view or a worldview, uh, so to speak, on how all of these systems really interact with each other uh, and how we come into play into contributing to the whole picture. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. If someone wanted to follow you on the gram or maybe check out a YouTube video you have, where would they go? Absolutely. Um, so I am pretty active on Instagram. Uh, you guys can find me at the micro nomad, uh, all one word on the Instagram. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel, not quite up there yet, but uh, you guys can also find me on there, the micro nomad. Unfortunately, the algorithms have me hidden. I tried searching myself, <laughs> but uh, I am on the YouTube uh, as there as well you can find the link in my instagram uh, bio it will also be in the description of this episode mike thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us absolutely andy thank you so much for having me on
Jacobs and Mike for coming on the show. Everyone, make sure you follow him on the Instagram. Go on his YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe. Give it a sub. You know you want to during this holiday season. He's got three videos up there already. I would encourage you just just do it. Just go. Just go. And I know he's got more amazing content coming out soon. So check it out. And if you have not checked out our sponsors, check out our sponsors. Um, Of course, Canuck Outdoors and CS Instant Coffee. And big shout out to all of our Patreons. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the future of this show. Um, I have been overwhelmed by the encouragement of this show on my life, how it has been a catalyst for other things in my life. And we're getting ready to, to uh, end the show um, in the season, not ending the show. <laughs> this will be my last episode. No, it's not. Um, we're getting going to be uh, ending season three here next week. I'm super excited about that. And uh, I'm going to be doing a Ask Me Anything episode. So if you uh, have any questions you'd like for me, um, for me at all, just go ahead and email them, Andy at hikerpodcast.com or shoot me on Instagram. Shoot me the question on Instagram, uh, Andy Films and Hikes. And uh, I'll be sure to, or at Hiker Podcast, I'll be sure to uh, talk about it. I like doing those Ask Me Anything episodes. Um, they seem to be the most popular if I'm looking at my stats, which is kind of weird to think about. But. I just like having some sort of prompts to talk about me and and what I do and how hiking in the outdoors has changed me. But that's neither here nor there. Um, As the show goes on, we've talked in the past to a lot of hikers, a lot of outdoors persons. We are going to begin to shift a little bit, still talking with hikers and being very hiker focused, but going to start probably mid-season season four working on some segments some mid-roll segments we're going to start doing round tables i got the we, we, we've talked about that um for a while now with other hikers and um kind of just changing things up uh creatively a little more sound design and i've been I don't want to say accused, but people have been like, oh, Andy's got sponsors. He's this and that. He's all about just getting you know, money and this and that. And he takes gear and this and that and the other thing. And I'm not going to down on anyone who, you know, who chooses to use their content or their platform in any way that they see fit. It's, it's their content and their platform. If they don't want to take sponsorships or if they do want to take sponsorships or they're taking gear or they're testing gear or whatever, whatnot, everyone has their reasons for why they do what they do. I do work with gear companies. A lar- large reason why I work with gear companies um, and outfitters and in clothing lines is because I'm a plus size hiker and there's not a whole lot out there. And I want to make, um, the plus size, non-traditional looking hiker more visible. Um, and if I can help with that anyway, by working with gear companies and things like that, I, that's what I do. And um, it, it's, it's been great to see not only, you know, more options for non-straight size hikers, but to see gear companies and hiking organizations and outdoor organizations realize the importance of diversity and inclusion in all aspects of of the outdoors so it's been it's been really cool and um it's been cool to be able to make a living to be creative and so as as season four progresses there's gonna be a lot of new stuff there's gonna be a lot of just 
fun things I'm going to try out. Some things are going to work, some things aren't, and that's okay. There were some things I was going to do this year that I wasn't able to do because of the fires. I was going to do a whole summer segment where we just talked with PCT hikers on the trail, like run the trail. I'd be, I'd, I'd set up with some, um, some trail angels and do, we would just talk with hikers, you know, little five minute mini interview questions and just boom, boom, boom. But because of, you know, COVID ramping back up in the late part of the summer and also the fires and the smoke and sensitivity of that, I wasn't able to get out there. Um, but I'm hoping to do that this year. I hope to have a hiker round table this year, hoping to do segments to talk about sustainability, like mid-roll segments where we have an expert on talking about the importance of, you know, not, for instance, leaving your doggy bags on the side of the trail and walking away, you know, things like that. A lot of ideas out there. Also rolling out my YouTube channel, um, Andy Neal Plus Size Hiker, just to encourage not only non-straight size hikers, but new hikers, anyone who wants to get into hiking, you know, with how-tos and gear reviews and just encouragement and stories and creative videos. So that's what the future kind of holds. Um, I've, I've obviously, as you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm working as a plus size, plus size fitness and outdoor model. Now I've done a little bit of acting now. Um, of course I'm still working in filmmaking as just a production assistant, as a sound person, as, um, camera op. I've directed a few things. I don't know what this next year is going to hold. But I know the outdoors has changed me and has encouraged me and it has forced me to put myself out there. And it's always going to be my main focus, no matter what happens. And this podcast will continue to go strong. And I'm excited for what the future holds. And I have all of you to thank for it. Thank you all for being so awesome to me week in and week out. If you do have suggestions, gripes, complaints, bitter remarks, I don't know. Hit me up, Andy at HikerPodcast.com. Let me know if you'd like to leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars uh, rating and review, as we say. Um, that does help with the show. Uh, just go to the link in the uh, in the uh, description of this episode and leave us a five-star review. It helps out big time. And leave a rating and review. So rating is the five stars. Review is written like, oh, I can't stand the sound of Andy's voice, but the information is great. You know, whatever. Anyways, guys, I hope you all are having a fabulous December end of the year. Hopefully your 2022 will be eventful in all the best ways possible. And without any further ado, I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast.